This is a HeadGum Original. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We are the dwarves of Elabor. We have come to reclaim our homeland. I offer you my help. Now that we know it won't betray us. We don't. There is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. Legolas has grown very fond of you. Do not give him hope where there is none. You have no right to enter that mountain. I have the only right. We've been blind. In our blindness, our enemy has returned. I found something in the Goblin Tunnel. What did you find? My courage. Good. You'll need it. Dragon fire and ruin. That is what you will bring upon us. He cannot see beyond his own desire. I will not risk this quest for the life of one burglar. His name is Bilbo. the sixth episode <laughs> of our second We're already season. six in. I'm actually feeling pretty good about that. You know, six is almost ten. Ten is halfway. We're almost done. <laughs> These movies, Do man. you have a designated number that you're trying to hit for this season? 20. 20, 20, 20, 20 episodes. 20. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, I feel pretty good about this. Um, so, yeah. So anyone out there who doesn't know we're working our way through Lord of the Rings for the first time with the help mm-hmm. of super fans and nerds and sometimes even people who have contributed to the movies. I don't even want to say nerds because I'm starting to feel like we're a part of this community now and I don't identify. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like we're the nerds for not inherently loving this. I agree. I agree. So we started with the Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out throughout the 2000s, but we're now watching all of the Hobbit movies we did some fan fiction, uh, which was really fun. We're going to check out 
spinoffs. We're going to do the animated version. So stop tweeting and asking if we're going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And today we're talking about The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Now, this is available to rent on Amazon Prime for $2.99 and you can get it on uh, DirecTV and Sling. And yeah, so I mean, right off the bat, Nicole, just quick thoughts. Who is Smog? I okay. didn't know who Smaug was. Yeah. I so much happened that I was so confused. It's such a long movie and there's so a point long. where you're like, let's get to the desolation part. Yes, and let's get to Smaug. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about this today. I I the movies we've reviewed, I mean if you want to watch them all, I The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, The Return of the King, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey and The Hobbit the Desolation of Smog. If you care about watching things before <laughs> hearing us ruin them for you, um you oh, should do boy. that. But that's about 20 hours right there. Yeah, it's a lot of time <laughs> you're going to have to spend uh, consuming content to consume content. Mhm. Oh boy. Shall we introduce our guest? We shall. Uh, We're so excited for our guest today, Karen Hahn. Karen is a New York City-based writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Vanity Fair, Slate, Vice, New York Magazine, and she's currently an entertainment reporter at Polygon. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to (laughs) talk about the second (laughs) Hobbit movie with you. (laughs) So wait, okay, Karen, are are you, yes, you're a fan of Lord of the Rings? I'm a total freak for this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are you a freak for The Hobbit? Because a lot of people that I've spoken to who are real ringheads are not Hobbit heads. <laughs> um, I would say I'm a bigger fan of the books. Uh, my or the book singular. My mom uh, read it to me when I was growing up. I, I do remember when we went to go see the first movie together because we're we had sentimental attachment to it as soon as the dwarf started singing she just turned to me in the theater she was like i sang it to you just like that (laughs) wow Um, that's cute (laughs) i don't remember if that's true um i (laughs) like them i feel like every time that i watch them i'm like oh no they are good but every time i step away i'm like is my passion for them justified? Uh, so we'll get into that. You keep saying every time. How many times <laughs> have you watched The Hobbit, uh, Desolation of the Smaug? Smaug. Desolation of Smaug, I think this, every time is maybe an exaggeration. This is maybe the third time I've watched it, I would say. That's a lot. That's, yeah, that's it's literally too much, arguably. two more times than I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but see, I think we have the opposite thing where we hate it while we're watching it, but then we talk about it and yes. like it. So it's like, mm-hmm. we kind of get convinced. And I liked the first Hobbit movie. And as far as like all the movies we watched go, I guess I thought it was fantastic comparatively because I was like <laughs> on a sliding scale. <laughs> <laughs> I was like really into it. Um, so I wasn't too scared to watch this one, but it was um, a bit more boring than the first yes. one. Yes. But also, <laughs> I liked this one better than the first one. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think it's because I was like, great, we have these characters established. There's so many of these dwarves that look wild. I'm on board. We're going to put them in a barrel and throw them in the water. I like Great. that part. I'm on board for the water that. water sequence rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was fun. I just was like, the when Legoland, Legonos, Lego, <laughs> I was calling him Legoland. His name is Legonos. Legonos? Legolas. Legolas. When he came back and had more lines, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> 
he didn't speak at all in the first. He spoke yeah. maybe three times in the first three movies. So I was like, <laughs> why does he go from talking now to never talking again? It was very, it's also confusing to think that there's like, that this happened before the Lord of the Rings and everybody looks older mm-hmm. in the prequel yeah. than they do in the sequel. And then also <laughs> there's two black faces in it. So mm-hmm. here's my question. Where have all the black people gone? <laughs> it's a it great was question. Disarming. Yeah, I, I feel confused too about it being before. I only remember that in certain moments. Like when you see that Bilbo has the ring, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, he's going to be that old guy. But I feel like I have to mm-hmm. do a lot of work yes. mentally to make that make sense for myself. Mm-hmm. But see, this is like the thing. Here's a question I have about like fantasy movies in general and Star Wars like fits into this category. What What is with telling things out of order? Like what is the pleasure? <laughs> I I second that question. Why? I mean, I think it's just because the Lord of the Rings made money. Because um, <laughs> yeah, the Hobbit did chronologically come before the Lord of the Rings in terms of when they were published. But I feel like um, in terms of what's interesting to a mainstream audience, I feel like they were like the Lord of the Rings will work because um, that's like big fantasy epic. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it it was still kind of a gamble and insane that it that people did like it as much as they did, but then it made a whole bunch of money and it actually won Oscars, which is unprecedented. And then they were like, I feel like we can do that again and make more money off of it. Because this also yeah. was only supposed to be two movies and then they're like, no, make three. That does feel grubby. It does feel yeah. grubby. And I think that The Hobbit, because I'm not sure what actually happened in this movie. I did enjoy <laughs> it, but I was like, did the movie, did it like move forward? I don't think so. I feel like we're not right really. back at the yeah. end of the first Hobbit. But then I was like, why wasn't the Lord of the Rings six or seven or eight movies? It seemed like they had a lot of the of story right. they wanted to show. So why not make those six movies or something like that? Also, like, break it the fuck up. Give me a movie that's <laughs> under two hours. Yeah. I would kill for one of these to be short. Right? At this point. Now, Karen, where does this one rank like rank for you with the Lord of the Rings and like the other Hobbit movie? Or the third one? All three Lord of the Rings definitely come first. They are the mm-hmm. highest ranked for me. Um, I think in terms of the Hobbit movies, from best to worst, I would say one, two, three, just because. Nice. Yeah. Nice. The, I mean, this one, they're all fun, but set, number two is like the dead man's chest of mm. the Hobbit trilogy, where it's just like, <laughs> it's fun, but it's just filler. It figures yeah. that that's the one I like the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked one. Yeah, I was really on board. I had so many questions. It was hard because uh, the nice man who lives with me does not like the Hobbit movies <laughs> and is pretty disparaging about the Hobbit movies. Aww. So I would ask questions and he'd be like, I don't fucking know. This movie's terrible. And then... <laughs> John doesn't know very much. So I was truly just like on my own being like, the fuck? And then I read the synopsis on Wikipedia and I was like, I don't know if I saw any of this. It was just so many words that I didn't recognize. It's it's tough. These movies, they make it hard. Wait, I do want to know. I do want to know why Dead Man's Chest is your favorite parts of the Caribbean movie. Um, I don't know, because I thought it was good. That's the second one, right? I thought yep. it was fun. It was a fun romp back on the ship with, yeah. <laughs> with what's his name? Uh, Lieutenant. I want to say Lieutenant Dan, but I know yeah. it's not. <laughs> I, oh, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. 
But <laughs> side note, I'm watching this series on Disney Plus called like The Imagineers. Have you seen this? No. What is no. that? And it's all about how they created Disney, how Walt Disney created Disneyland and then like how it's progressed through the years and how they've updated it and all the people who've worked on it who are called Imagineers mm-hmm. and all of their amazing like creations over the years. And um, I thought of it because there was a whole section about Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's really fascinating if anyone cares about Disneyland at all. It's it's a really okay. fun watch. I see. I don't love being in Disneyland, but I love <laughs> the idea of Disney. And then I've been watching a lot of Pixar shorts and they're mm-hmm. just so delightful. Those really like, are. Your job is to just make tiny little delightful things. There's <laughs> one where this gay man turns into a dog and his mom knew the whole time and he didn't have to keep it from her and I sobbed. (laughs) A gay man turned into a dog? (laughs) I didn't describe that well at all. And then his mom knew what the whole time that he was was gay? (laughs) (laughs) Fully described that so poorly. So yeah. So this guy has a boyfriend (laughs) and he like wants to tell his family about his boyfriend. His boyfriend wants him to tell his family. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't get out. My parents are coming over for dinner. So then he like looks at his dog and he's like, man, I wish I was a dog where like I didn't have to worry about telling anybody anything. Mm -hmm. And then he like switches bodies with the dog. And then he like hit the the dog as a human. Very funny. Just like walking around with his tongue out. And then... (laughs) He's trying to, like, hide this picture of, like, him and his boyfriend. And then the dog, like, ruins something. And then the mom starts crying. And she's like, I wish my son would just tell me what's going on. I don't care who he loves. And when she said that, I was like, (laughs) boo-hoo-hoo. I love this. That's really sweet. I'll watch that documentary. That was a very long route to me saying, Lauren, (laughs) thank you for the recommendation. Yes. Well, I think some of the episodes, like, there's, like, six episodes. And they get a little bit boring at certain points but the beginning is really fascinating because it's all about how Walt Disney like had this dream and like brought it to life and just how he was this boss who would be like well you should make that a clock and then they'd be like and that changed everything for me like you know they just like (laughs) they just like loved him and admired him Mm -hmm. and then he dies and it's like really hard for everyone to go on and then they do and it's just there's just so much Mm. highly recommend Anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we're talking about Return of the Smog. Or no, okay. Desolation of the Smog. Desolation of Smog, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like I was excited to see Smog because in the end of the one we just watched, you see him at mm-hmm. the end in that pile of gold, and that was, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts. And it took a long time to get there. And Such I a feel long like, time. Yeah. You know, like, it was kind of like, I want to start there. He In the first movie, mm-hmm. he's waking up. And I liked that. I feel like there's something exciting. but Like, you don't even see him until then, right? In the second yes, one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole other thing. So the, the first movie ends, and then do- like the second movie does not pick up where it left off. And if <laughs> the third movie doesn't, I'm going to be livid, because it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> if it doesn't pick up right at that scene, I will lose my goddamn mind. I also don't think I could handle it if I was like a fan and I went to the movies. I guess you were prepared for it a little bit, but then how it just ends like to be continued, I'd be like, fuck like at least wrap it up like here Mm -hmm. somehow and then I'll still be excited next year but like having to wait a year yeah Karen was that frustrating as a fan that you like there was this clip well you you read the books so (laughs) it's frustrating I think just because kind of as we've discussed like so little happens in this movie like they (laughs) spend half the time kind of getting from the end of the first movie to what the main action of this movie is (laughs) and it's like Mm -hmm. you just like Google Maps to cross this place and like that should only take like 10 minutes but it's taken about an hour and a half 
to get to this dragon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll say like Dead Man's Chest wraps up. <laughs> this movie does not. <laughs> it sure doesn't. Also, you very recently <laughs> tweeted the Virgin Thorin Oakshy Shield versus the Chad Aragon. What I don't, I, one we need I have help. no idea what this means. <laughs> But two, uh, do you agree with one of the replies you received stating, a lot to unpack here? (laughs) And I agree with the statement, but like for different reasons. I have no idea what these words mean together. Yeah, I feel confused. The Virgin Thorin Oakenshield versus the Chad Aragorn. Because I thought Aragorn was Viggo Viggo Mortensen. And it's not? No, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell us, tell us more. Yes. Explain this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I was listening to other episodes um, prior to coming on, and I, I did enjoy that part Part of what's built into the podcast format is uh, we roast guests for their own terrible tweets. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are not roasting you. We truly want to no. understand what yeah. it means. Like, because it, feel, it got husband. a ton of likes. And I want to know what it means. Wait, Lauren, what? Your husband sent me a meme, a Lord of the Rings meme. It was like, do you understand this? Lauren doesn't. And I was like, no, <laughs> I want to understand. And then he never responded. <laughs> oh, I can show you and you can explain it. <laughs> it's this. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't get that. Okay, so it's it's Saruman. And then there's a girl who is working at a, at a pizza place or something. And there's a dust print hand. I do like that. It's from the Lord of the Rings memes Reddit. <laughs> It's a, her butt has a dust print of a hand on her butt and it oh, says okay, okay. She, bears she bears the mark, the mark. yeah and a picture of Sarmat because his whole thing is he brands the Urukai that he makes with the white hand print to show that they serve him oh <laughs> I would have never gotten that that's okay fair okay so please tell us about the tweet please Please. I feel like I really only have <laughs> about a 70% understanding of the meme format that I'm appropriating. Okay. But it's basically the version X versus the Chad Y. Um, the virgin being like someone who's a huge nerd and not going to get laid. The Chad being like a jock who's like very strong and handsome and sexy and attractive. Oh, I haven't oh. heard of this. Um, and in this instance, Thorin is the virgin because they try to make him look like a tall, hot man instead of just making him look like a dwarf. And Aragorn is the Chad because he is a normal man and very handsome. <laughs> Ah, I see. There's this new thing I learned, by the way. So your tweet makes me think that there's like a lot of, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm very online, but there's still a lot of stuff that I don't get. And I just learned uh, my friend Lauren Ashley Smith posted this uh, TikTok that was basically saying we as millennials need to stop using the cry em- or the laugh emoji for laughing where it's like laughing tears. Oh, Gen Xers or no, not Gen Xers. What's below us? Gen Zers. Gen Zers. Yeah. They say that's like not cool and you can't do that anymore. So you now have to use the cry emoji. That's pure tears or the dead skeleton emoji. That's how you laugh now. That's what I've been using. Good job. (laughs) You're very hip. Oh my God. Why is it problematic? I don't know, but but they but she texted her cousin and her who's like in that age demographic and she was like, literally never use that. Like it was just like you are, and also they said in the TikTok to stop taking pictures from above. Oh, like like the MySpace angle. Yeah, no one can stop me from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best angle. Well, I yeah. like do it slightly, but I stopped doing it a lot because I was like, what if 
you don't see my second chin. And then in something else, you see my second chin and then you go, why do her chins come and go? (laughs) (laughs) The wildest thought to have. Like, I don't think anyone's thinking about my chins. But, you know, I just have a lot of time to think now. You want to be honest with your selfie angle. I do. Yeah. I really do. Should we read our Shire Wire? Let's read our Shire Wire. This is our nude segment. Now... Some recent news has been released about the Amazon Lord of the Rings TV series. So here's what we know now. There's still no release date beyond a 2021 expectation. Our news is we don't know anything. It's so funny that the news is, oh, we don't know. No updates. (laughs) But shooting is back underway in New Zealand after the coronavirus delay caused back in March. And Amazon has announced shooting will break for four or five months after the first two episodes are filmed to see what's working. To see what? hmm. What? Okay. Why is this franchise so improvised? I don't know. It's so (laughs) wild. So Amazon has made a multi-season commitment that includes potential spinoff series. Oh, God. Oh, we could be in this for the long haul. Maybe they'll read or listen to the fan fiction episode and the spinoff will be about Darkwind, the black elf. <laughs> I love that. They need I mean, her. I will say they love when people are nerdy about it. Like Stephen Colbert, known Lord of the Rings freak, is in Desolation of Smog. Which, yes, Mike he pointed is? that out to me. He has no lines. He's just there in one moment. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I thought that was pretty cool. Fully missed it. Yeah, you, he doesn't look like himself at all. Yeah. And Amazon has revealed that the series will be set during the 3,441-year period before the events of the Fellowship of the Ring. In the J.R.R. Tolkien timeline, this is known as the Age of Numenor, or the Second Age. This means, unfortunately, that we probably won't see many of the characters from the original series in it as they weren't around during this time. Bold move. Bold, but also exciting for me because... The Hobbit had black people. So that means there, there ha- if there are no black people, I get to be like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Because there were some in The Hobbit. You've established that they were there. Yes. They were there before. <laughs> so give them to me. I'm pretty sure they explicitly were like, we will cast people of color this time. I'm, we're uh, sorry. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. That has been a big, like, obvious thing about these yeah, movies. Yeah, it's like, like glaring. Jesus. It's okay. so wild. Yeah. It's a huge thing when I discuss why I like them. I'm like, I pretend I do not see it. Like, I, uh, what? Yeah. It feels <laughs> mm-hmm. like something that you have to just, like, ignore in order to, like, fully um, get into the <laughs> yeah. fantasy world. It is interesting, though, because I'm like, sure, yeah, you can like it, but also I think it's okay to point out yeah. Something yeah. that it's lacking. For sure. And they're fixing it, which is good. Yeah. No, this is good. So your boyfriend is not into the Lord of the Rings you mentioned to me when we were off mic. And I'm <laughs> curious how that affects your dating. Like when you go into a relationship with somebody and they're like, I don't like that thing that you're like really into. <laughs> is that annoying to you? Or are you like, whatever, it's fine. It's not, it's, it's mostly fine. Like, I feel like that meme pops up on Twitter a lot where it's like, what movie's a deal breaker if they haven't seen it? And it's like, I can't imagine a world in which like that would be the parameter I set on who I do or don't date. Um, but I, I do remember when we started dating, I, we were talking about like our favorite things just cause that's a normal like icebreaker conversation. And I was like, Oh, I love the Lord of the Rings. And he was like, Oh, I don't really care about those movies. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> um, but and the pact now has basically been he will watch all three Lord of the Rings movies if I watch all three High School Musical movies, which I have not <gasps> seen. Um, oh, my God. That's fun. That we have fun. not done that yet, but we have watched all three Lord of the Rings movies and he did cry during The Return of the King. So I was like, OK, that's hey. fun. at what part? At the very end. 
when, Which like, end? The, <laughs> yeah. When, like, the hobbits are saying goodbye to each other. Oh. The, the fellowship is breaking. That's cute. Yeah. Um, and I, while he was watching this with me, um, I was sort of going like, oh, wow, I like the Easter eggs that I'd forgotten that tie back to like some of the Silmarillion book stuff. And he was like, you're, you're too much of a nerd. Like, this is too much. You have to stop <laughs> telling me the trivia. <laughs> My husband has read all the books and stuff too. So he, I, I'm basically the same. He's excited that I'm watching all of this, but mm-hmm. it's also hard for him when I get stuff really wrong, even after seeing it. He's like, <laughs> you didn't pay attention. Does he also not like the Hobbit movies? He doesn't like them that much, but I feel like I can't stress enough that my paying attention still doesn't mean that I know what's going on. Same. <laughs> I fully like, yeah, I like would watch it for stretches at a time. Ask John a question. He'd be like, you were watching it. And I was like, I know I will be staring at the TV thinking of nothing else and still be like, I hope I know what I'm talking about in the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> like, I just have no idea. It's hard. Um, you want to take a quick break, Nicole? Let's take a break. Okay, we'll come right back with mo- a lot more. Oh, a lot more. <laughs> Remember in 2018 when border control separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents and deported the parents back to their home countries while keeping the kids in the United States? Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who still have not been reunified. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called Al Otrolado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic, legal, and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary client-centered harm reduction based practice since 2018 they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by trump's zero tolerance policy once reunited al otro helps each family to find legal representation housing and counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet imagine having your child ripped from your arms and never knowing when you'd see them again we can't let family separations go on if you're like me and believe that families belong together join me in supporting al otro and donate today you can find the link to donate to al otro in the description of this episode or go to gum.fm slash charity to donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. Altrolado.org slash volunteer. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. We're back. <laughs> we are back. Oh my god. Okay, so 
This was directed by Peter Jackson. Yes, released in December 2013. And this is the second installment in a three-part film adaptation based on Tolkien's 1937 novel, The Hobbit, as we said. And it was uh, preceded by An Unexpected Journey and followed by The Battle of Five Armies, which is what I guess we're getting into next week. Mm -hmm. And together they operate (laughs) as a prequel to Jackson's Lord of the Rings film trilogy. The film follows the titular character Biblo Baggins. (laughs) This is so funny that I have all of the words. As he accompanies... You always do! Oh my God. (laughs) Thorin Oakenshield and his fellow dwarves on a quest to claim the lonely mountain from the dragon Smaug. The film also features the vengeful pursuit of Azog the Defiler, Defiler? Oh no, and Bolg. <laughs> Candy the Grey investigates a growing evil in the ruins of Dolgerder. <laughs> wow. Wow. It like honestly, it makes the normal words so much harder to read. No word looks normal after looking at those those crazy names. No, should we get into this? The summary? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. Let's wait. (laughs) First, Karen, could you describe what happens in this movie in like a sentence? They go to the Lonely Mountain and wake up the dragon. That's honestly all it is. Okay. Yep. And that could be, that's a fact. (laughs) Nothing else happens. This movie could be one minute. Yeah. (laughs) That's so wild. Because I was like, so much happens, but like not enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, not enough happened for it to be a movie. Anyway, let's get into it. So Thorin and his company are being pursued by Azog and his orc army. Following the events of the previous film, they're ushered along by Gandhi to a nearby home of, uh uh-oh, Bjorn. (laughs) Baby Bjorn. (laughs) Yeah, baby Bjorn, a skin changer who can take the form of a bear. That night, Azog is summoned by Dolgerd by the necromancer who commands him uh, to marshal his forces of war. Azog then delegates the hunt for Thorin and his son, Blorg. I thought the bear thing was cool. I also thought the bear thing was cool, but then I was like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. There was none. Because then the bear guy was talking to the org, and then I was like, wait, whose side is he on? It was confusing. I agree. I will say when I read the books as a child, I always pictured him as like the like brawny lumberjack and not yeah. as like a half fur man. <laughs> I know. I didn't expect him to have fur when he turned yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we get it. Yeah. Like you're actually too much of a bear still. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the following day, Bjorn escorts the company to the borders of Mirkwood, where Gandhi discovers black speech imprinted on an old ruin. This coincides with a telepathic message from Galadriel urging him to investigate the tombs of the Nazgul. He warns the company to remain on the path and leaves them. Upon entering the forest, they lose their way and are ensnared by giant spiders. Ooh, that part was crazy. It was fucking sick. How disgusting. It was really awful. And Karen, you might not know this, but in my fan fiction, I had Frodo, like, fuck a spider. So I thought it was the same one. (laughs) (laughs) They actually, in the most recent Lord of the Rings game, they, like, turned the big spider from the Lord of the Rings into a big lady. (gasps) Oh, Oh. everyone feels it then. I guess Mm -hmm. that tension was really there. Um, Bilbo then sets about freeing the dwarves with the help of his recently acquired invisibility ring. He subsequently drops the ring and first begins to understand its dark influence after he brutally kills a creature to retrieve it. But 
the thing about this for me was, so he climbs to the top of the trees, didn't tell anybody, tumbles down. <gasps> the spiders, sick as hell, are just like getting at him. And then he was killing them. But then he like killed one to get the ring and saw the humanity lost. And I was like, but yeah. you were killing them anyway to survive. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't get, I, I don't think it's earned. I don't think it's the ring. I think you're being a real Looney Tune. There was spiders bigger than your whole life attacking you. <laughs> of course you would kill it. Yeah. I also feel like they got away with so much, like kind of pretty terrible violence in this movie under the guise of, it happens to spiders and orcs. Like the spider yes. who gets all his legs ripped off. I was like, yep. no, thank you. Karen, I screamed. I was yeah, so upset about that. I said, no, 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 you cannot do that. That is wrong. <laughs> that's just Well, cruel. and that's an interesting point Ugh. because I feel like in the first Hobbit, the violence was like funnier. Like when mm-hmm, that yes. one guy got killed and he was like, that'll do it. And then he like <laughs> fell down. Like that was like silly. And this didn't have that same energy. No. Yeah. Lots of people getting shot straight through the head with arrows. Right? Yeah. yeah. Especially this like next part. So- the remaining spiders are fended off by the wood elves led by Stanley Tucci, Torelli, Tucci, Torelli, Torell, Torell, right? And I was calling him Legoland before. <laughs> I think you should. I think that's his name. Okay, so Legoland. Yeah. Uh, they also capture the dwarves, which I was like, why? And then they bring Thorn before their king, Thandruel, who is the gayest, uh, <laughs> slinkiest. I have to see who that was. I really loved it. Oh, Lee Pace, yes. Mm-hmm. My yes, God, yes. he was just like, so like, like a pointy stiletto uh, acrylic nail. That's what he is as a person. <laughs> like, just like, mm. I did love that they they shot his intro like a like a jewelry ad, like a K's jewelry <laughs> ad. <laughs> they did, and there's one scene where I guess it's Thorin. The shot is on Thorin, and Thorin is smaller than him, so he has to slide into frame, yeah. and it made me laugh so hard. Oh. I rewound it three times. So <laughs> Thorin confronts the Elven King about his neglect of the dwarves of Ebor following Smaug's attack 60 years earlier and is consequently imprisoned with the other dwarves. Biblo, having avoided capture, arranges uh, an escape. Did I not say that right? Biblo? No, I just Bilbo, love hearing it every time. I like time. Biblo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bill, Bilbo. No, I like uh, Biblo. Yeah, uh, right. Biblo, Biblo, cousin to Diplo, arranges an escape <laughs> using empty wine barrels that are sent downstream. While they're, while they're pursued by wood elves, they're ambushed by Blorg and his orc party. And uh, Killy? Killy is wounded with a Morug shaft. <laughs> They engage uh-huh. in a running three-way battle down the river, but ultimately the dwarves are able to escape both groups of pursuers. Thandredal then seals his kingdom <laughs> off when uh, an orc capture reveals an evil entity has returned and is amassing his army in the south. But then Stanley Tucci decides to leave and assist the dwarves. Legoland <laughs> goes after her. Meanwhile, Gandhi and Ragay Radagast mm-hmm. go investigate the tombs <laughs> of Nazgul, which they find to be empty. <sighs> the dwarves going down the river in these barrels, I was like, what the fuck? Are we at like an amusement park? It was so wild. <laughs> It should be a theme park ride, but oh it my would God, yeah. probably require a lot of insurance. <laughs> Have you seen that documentary, Last Act or Class Action Park? 
I'm no. too scared to watch it. It's it's scary, but it's also like funny. Like they walk this line with it that's kind of um weird because it's like funny because they have like comedians talking about all the people who got hurt, but then like people really died and they talked to like people's family of people who died oh. and it's like not funny anymore, but then like oh, kind boy. of ends funny and it's like <clears throat> I'm not sure how I feel about this. But it does feel like a ride that would be there. Like, just get in a barrel yeah. and just fly down this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. The person who made up the rides at that park just, like, drew a swirl on a piece of paper and was like, do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was insane. <laughs> oh, wait. Before the, like, river adventure, who is the girl, Evangeline Lily? What is her character's name? Oh, Tariel. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's Tariel. Stanley Tucci. That's Stanley Tucci. Yes. <laughs> so... Was Stanley Tucci flirting with uh, the Nick Jonas dwarf? <laughs> yes, right? Because he almost shot her and then They're she like, was yeah. both kind of flirting. Yeah. Yeah, I was so confused about that because then Legoland was all like, Ugh, dwarves are disgusting. And she's like, some of them are tall. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Right? She was like into them. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's weird. I mean, they very much shoehorned that in. She does not exist in the book. And they were like, they were like, we're going to put a woman in. And then they were like, everyone, don't worry. We're not going to make her romantic interest. And then they did do it. Interesting. (laughs) I was excited about there being a woman because Mm -hmm. there are so few. um, But yeah, I didn't find the story for her particularly compelling. Yeah, I was pretty bored by her and truly didn't understand why she was there. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I didn't follow that at all. Um, but I had a problem with that with a lot of the parts of the movie. So <laughs> that was on her. Um, okay, so the company are smuggled into Escaroth by a bargeman named Bard. Thorin promises the master and the people of Lake Town a share of the mountain's treasure. It is then revealed that Bard is a descendant of the last ruler of Dale, Girion, and possesses the last black arrow capable of killing Smaug. Keely is forced to remain behind, tended to by Feely, Owen, and Bofer as their remaining company receive a grand farewell. Meanwhile, Gandalf travels south to the ruins of Dolgalur, while Radagast leaves to warn Galadriel of their discovery at the tombs of Nazgul. Gandalf finds the ruins infested with orcs and is ambushed by Azog. The necromancer overpowers and defeats Gandalf and reveals himself as Sauron. Isn't Sauron just like that hot flaming pussy? Or mm-hmm. is Sauron yeah, yeah, okay. Because then Hot Flaming Pussy. <laughs> yeah, like the the flaming eye or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh, right, 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 right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it looks like a flaming pussy. I follow, I follow. I thought he had a flaming pussy or um <laughs> it would have changed like the that. story significantly. <laughs> yeah, it truly would have been like, Are you okay, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a feature or a bug? (laughs) (laughs) This whole part was really confusing because I was like, who is this man who looks very similar to Orlando Bloom when he doesn't have a blonde wig on? Why is he in a big boat? Why wouldn't they just let him in? Now they're coming up through the toilet. And then he's like, don't leave. And they're like, we're going to leave anyway. And then homeboy falls down the stairs. And then everyone's like, ha, we're here to kill. I was like, what the fuck is? I was so confused. Now, is this after they already climbed that tree? Like, why was that part not in here? Where they climb the tree and, like, look over the top and Bilbo, like, sees the sun to, like, find which way they have to go? Yes, this is after that. 
Yes. I liked that part. I thought that was cool. It's a really nice scene. That's a nice scene. But then the spiders happen. <laughs> oh, that was then. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he yeah. falls into yeah. the spider. So it was like, don't you want to see something really nice? And you're like, yes. And they're like, ugh, here's spiders. Yes. It was, yeah, for me, it was not nice. I mean, I, I feel like that's my thing about this whole movie where there there's scenes like him popping up over the trees where I'm like, oh, this is really nice. And then immediately there's at least like 20 minutes where I'm like, I don't either. I either don't care or don't enjoy what's happening. And then they like yeah. go on the barrel ride. I'm like, this fucking rules. And then another mm-hmm. 15 minutes pass before something else happens. So it's a very yeah. up down experience. It feels very um, male to write something that just kind of like... You like to have the the guts or whatever to be like, this scene is 30 minutes long and nothing happens. Like, I just feel like I wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it reminds me of Tyler Perry's movies because <gasps> the scenes go on for so long and like truly wild things will happen and nobody will acknowledge it. Oh, I think yeah. it's, why did I get married? This woman breaks a bottle on a man's head at the dinner table. And everyone's like, well, I guess we had enough dinner. And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> it's, yeah, like, so, like, weird shit happens and they just, it just goes on for so long. I want to see every single one of those movies. I'm just going to put that out there. So back to Lord of the Rings. Back to <laughs> Return of Smaug. I don't know why I keep trying to call it Return of the Smaug. <laughs> it's a very uh, third act Star Wars title. Yeah. Mm. And yes. Return of the Kings there already, yes. so why not? Really, you're right. He is coming back, like from out of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. this should be the Return of Smaug. <laughs> and some people do say Smaug, and some people say Smaug. Mm-hmm. Karen, how do you say it? Smog. Oh, I say Smog because I feel embarrassed when I say Smaug, but I feel like <laughs> in the movies they say Smaug. <laughs> I feel fancy when I say Smaug. <laughs> like pronouncing the Italian names on the Olive Garden menu. Yes, it's like it's like that chef, like Giada or whatever, where she's like mozzarella, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like you can say mozzarella. You can just say mozzarella. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we all know. We know. Okay, let's see. Thorn and his remaining company reach the Lonely Mountain, where Bilbo discovers the hidden entrance. He is sent in to retrieve the Arkenstone, and while doing so, he accidentally awakens Smog. Smog. While trying to find Bilbo, Smaug reveals his knowledge of Sauron's return. Back in Lake Town, Bard attempts to bring the Black Arrow to the town's launcher as he fears what may happen when the dwarves enter the mountain. However, he is arrested in the process and leaves his son to hide the arrow. Bolg and his orc party then infiltrate the town and attack the four dwarves, but are quickly dispatched following the arrival of Toriel and Legoland. Toriel then tends to Keeley, and while Keeley is recovering, he openly admires Toriel's beauty and wonders if she loves him. Legoland leaves in pursuit of pursuit of Bolg. Meanwhile, Gandalf watches helplessly as Azog and an orc army march from Dol Guldur towards the Lonely Mountain. <laughs> this <sighs> whole part for me was so messy. I was I found it really hard to like follow. And I made it a point this movie to sit and like watch it. And I would be watching it and I'd be like, wait, what? And then I would rewind it and be like, that didn't clear up anything. I was very confused. I think, I mean, the town is just boring. Maybe that's what it was. And I was like, I don't get why we're here. Don't you like how the town looks? It looked fun, but like nothing Mm -hmm. really happened. And then also with um, Keely wondering if uh, Torelli is going to 
<laughs> love love him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens though. They don't get together. No, right? like nothing. Do they get together in the third one, Karen? Um, almost. I'm pretty sure he died. <laughs> Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> like we care. And here's the funny thing. Yeah, like, just, yeah, I was just about to be like, both of you roll your eyes as he said, "Oh no!" <laughs> I have I no, I have no attachments to him. Like I don't either. I don't, I don't have either. any attachment to anybody. Yeah. I almost have attachments to Bilbo, but like I don't. You know, I want to. If yeah. I yeah, if I had to pick someone, it's Bilbo. Or it's Ori, the one who Jimmy Fowley posts on his Instagram mm-hmm. all the time. There's this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> the character Ori, do you know which mm-hmm. one that is? Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, Jimmy Fowley, who's a comedian, we mentioned this before, but he um, puts, he th- he kind of looks like that character, looks honestly. exactly like this character. <laughs> like Ver And like, beta. that's a man in prosthetics, but yes, if you put that wig on Jimmy, it would be like perfect. And he posted that like every day for like months and people were getting so annoyed. He just kept posting that picture and being like, this is me. And I loved it. I bought the merch. I had the shirt before I realized it was from Lord of the Rings, which is just so silly. <laughs> it's so funny. But that's he's kind of my favorite because I feel so familiar with his look from Jimmy's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not for yeah. Lord of the Rings related reason. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> he got more lines in this one and he had a lot of like mm-hmm. pressure on him. Like I pay a lot of attention to that character. And he's like, he this time he like got to say a bunch of stuff and he got really mm-hmm. scared and he tried to like help and whatever. It was like kind of fun. But mm-hmm. Bilbo is the is like the best. But I also felt like there was that moment with Gandalf where Gandalf's like, like he's like about to confess to Gandalf, like I have something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I found something, my courage. And I was like, that annoys me. It yes. Also, like Gandalf is like a minor god. Like, do you really think he wouldn't? think that was yeah. a weird thing to say. Yeah, yes. like Gandy knows. I thought that was a weird lie and I like was like he has a ring. Why would he not know? Right, like he and he should know about this. Mm-hmm. Like he would be able to help him, but you know, I guess that's the evil power of the ring that mm-hmm. you don't want to give it up. I just I don't buy that the ring is evil. Like I just <laughs> I was Bilbo he's just not serving it to me. Like <laughs> With him, it doesn't read that way. Like with Frodo, mm-hmm. I feel like there was like pure terror yes. surrounding the ring. Yes, and yeah. with and like and the stakes were so high. And with yes. Bilbo, I feel like he's like it gets blurry when I put it on. And I'm like, <laughs> this is bad. I don't know. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the acting. I think it has everything to do with the script mm-hmm. and the makeup because they made Frodo look very bad at times. Like <laughs> like where he was like drained. Yeah, from like the experience dying. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I mean, I feel like the effects of the ring are so hard to convey, like, in a visual medium, like, because Mm -hmm. it is so much psychological. I was watching, Ah. to prep for this, I was watching this with my boyfriend, and he was like, when I was a kid, I, like, just didn't understand why the ring was so powerful. Like, it can't do explosions. It can't do any, like, magic. Like, what's the point of this ring? Which is pretty valid. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like for kids, that's a much, it's a much, like, bigger concept that, like, Mm -hmm. you learn. Yeah, it's like a real morally. Moral, yeah. Trying to explain morals to kids. That's interesting. Anywho, back inside the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) During a long chase, Bilbo and the dwarves rekindle the mountain's forge. I don't know what that means. Using Smaug's flames to create and melt a large golden statue, hoping to bury Smaug alive in the molten gold. They do so, but Smaug emerges from the gold, which I fucking loved. He looked Mm -hmm. fucking cool. Uh, That was cool when he spun in the sky and he was like, I was like, this is for me. 
He stumbles out of the mountain and he flies off to destroy Lake Town as Biblo watches in horror at the sight of the chaos and goes, what have we done? And then smash cut to mm-hmm. black and you're like, you did a lot. You let that fucking dragon go after he yeah. was like, I am death. I'm a murder. And it's like, he's covered in gold. Like he's feeling himself. He's going to murder everybody. So you did a lot. That's what you did, Bilbo. It's such an abrupt ending. This is a very dumb question because obviously I should know this, especially since we just read that whole thing. But why does he need to get that piece from the gold pile? Um, That stone is basically the stone that he's trying to get is basically the thing that says, like, I'm the dwarf king. It's a kind of a, a, a physical like rights thing. Oh, okay. So if he had that, he has power. Yeah. If he has that, then the other dwarves would be like, we will listen to you and follow you. I see. Okay. I liked that whole scene where he's trying to find it and he sees it and he's sneaking around and Smaug can see him. I mean, I thought that was the most exciting part. Yes. I did like when he's looking at all the other gems and it just feels like your elementary school trip to like the Natural History Museum where you just see like gems in the gift store. (laughs) Yeah. Like one of these is probably it, right? (laughs) That is funny. I have a question about earlier. How come the elves take the dwarves. Why do the elves hate the dwarves so much? Uh, Middle-earth racism. Ah. So wait, are the... So obviously the wizards are the top-tier people, and then underneath (laughs) that is the wizard... Like the... Not the wizards, the elves? They're kind of considered that way just because they're all, like, immortal and stuff. And also, sort of on a similar level, the line of men that Aragorn is descended from. He's from Numenor, which is the region that the TV series is going to focus on. And they're kind of like Mm -hmm. the ur-human. So they live longer, Uh. and then it's normal humans. Um, It's not that, like, dwarves are the bottom, but yeah. Are there humans in Lakeview, too? Yes, those are all just normal people. Oh, okay. And with that, like with the sort of racism within it, like that bear guy, mm-hmm. he was like, I hate dwar- I hate hobbits, mm-hmm. but I hate dwarves more or something, and or orcs more. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you definitely should. Orcs yeah. are disgusting, evil <laughs> They're assholes. really gross. Like, there's kind of no comparison um, if you're like annoyed by hobbits versus like something that's literally yeah. built to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but so why would they stay with him? You know what I mean? Like, why would Gandalf set it up? Like, that was something that I was a little confused about. I was like, when they got to that house and then they had to rush inside because the bear was going to eat them. And then Gandalf was like, that's a host. And I was like, <laughs> good move. Like, why stay there? <laughs> My recollections of the book are not nearly as deadly, where it's just like, oh, it's a bear man and he's fine. Um, but I that's more interesting. Yeah. It's like just weird. Mm hmm. And not like a scary. I mean, I liked that scene. I liked how it was kind of intense. But I, I think like in a book, that's more fun for it to just be like your imaginations, like picturing this weird yeah. thing. And then the bear man is not as exciting to look at as he is to think about. Mm. <laughs> so many things are like that. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, okay. So now what are Nicole, like what are your feelings going into the third one? Are you like full of dread? I'm hope? not full of dread because... I liked this one. I was confused by like the back end of it, but I paid attention to it a lot. So I'm curious to see if it picks. It needs to pick up exactly where it left (laughs) off. Otherwise, I will be so angry. The flashback at the beginning of this movie is like terrible. (laughs) It needs to start with the with Smaug like 
dusting off that gold again. Yes. That was so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't really, I have, I guess I'm just picturing what, so he's going to go destruct the town or something. Desolate the town. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not How afraid are you to watch feeling? it. You're not afraid I'm, to watch it. Okay. I'm feeling okay. I'm like, there's something that I, I guess what I kind of like about this franchise compared to doing Star Wars is that it feels like you have more, more chances to kind of tie things up in a bow than you do a Star Wars. Like mm-hmm. you kind of have to watch all of it to really do that. And with this, you get three, three, then we'll watch another thing. Like, I feel like it kind of gets broken up a little bit nicely. I, I think I agree. Overall, would you say you guys are having a better time with this series or with the Lord of the Rings? Oh, I think we like the Hobbit more, but you hated yes. you hated the first one. But now that you like the second one, I feel like we're kind yeah, of balanced. I really did not like the first one. <laughs> the second one I liked, but I think I'm going to like the third one the most because I think the third one has the story, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think this has been kind of interesting because with Star Wars, we tended to like the things that people hate. Yeah. And <laughs> this is happening here, too. So I'm not totally shocked that we're They're like, good. the Hobbit They're franchise good. is actually pretty good. Um, meanwhile, everyone's like, I'm so sorry you have to watch that one. And we're like, <laughs> we're like that was mm, the one we liked, we loved babe. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie grossed, oh, no, what a big number. in North America and 702 million in other countries for a worldwide total of 960 million, blah, blah, blah. So calculating in all expenses, Deadline Hollywood estimated that the film made a profit of 134.1 million and it's the fourth highest grossing 2013 film. What? Fourth highest grossing of 2013. What else came out that? Yeah, truly. And that's wild. It grossed 209 million worldwide on its opening weekend. That's too much. That's a lot of money. The film holds a 74% critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 70 or 85% for the audience score. That's surprisingly not bad. People liked it. Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian scored the film four stars out of five, writing, It's mysterious and strange, and yet Jackson also effortlessly conjures up that genial quality that distinguishes The Hobbit from the more solemn Rings stories. Fair. I'm really surprised it got a good... I thought everyone hated this. That's what I thought, but I do think Lord of the Rings is a more solemn story, and The Hobbit is wackier i don't know yeah it's weird i wish it was like somewhere in the middle of where it is anyway yeah. mark hughes who reviewed the fume the, the fume the film for <laughs> forbes was highly enthusiastic and felt the desolation of smaug was another grand entry in the tolkien saga raising the emotional and physical stakes uh while revealing more of the sinister forces before concluding it's pleasing to see filmmakers uh, in love with story, this committed to creating entire worlds, and that's a rare, rare, rare thing indeed. And for it to turn out so well, it's even more rare. It's a sight to behold. You won't be sorry you did. Hmm. I mean, I appreciate that. I feel like with something like this, it's so funny because even with Star Wars too, like people just like rip into it so hard, and you think about all the effort that goes into making something like this, and it's so challenging. And then everyone goes, I, "It sucked." Yeah. Um, the New York Post's Lou Luminick, what a name, 
was extremely negative and is 1.5 out of four star review remarking. There are probably enough moments to satisfy hardcore fans, but for the rest of us, this amounts to the middle earth equivalent of star Wars episode two, attack of the clones, a space holding empty headed. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Filled with characters and places, digital and otherwise, that are hard to keep straight, much less care about. I mean, that's that's honestly true. I yes. actually agree with that. I don't, it's felt like, like you said, like a placeholder. Like, it's kind of just like mm-hmm. they're filling time. And I don't know. I guess, like, it could be so much shorter and it's fine. But at the same time, I'm not that mad about that, I guess. I think I was kind of trying to make the same point where it's like there are so many dwarves and I feel like if put under pressure, I could differentiate all of them, but really (laughs) only like three of them really do anything or matter. Yeah, like there's the redhead guy who like is like a sphere and he runs (laughs) really, really fast at one point. And then there's like the Jimmy Fowley. Yeah. Amazing. And then there's a guy with like um, all their hairstyles are really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the Nick Jonas one, truly, I kept confusing for Thorin, the lead one. Mm -hmm. And then Balin, I was like, who are you? And how did you get so old? Like, was he in the first one? Yeah. (laughs) Which one's that? The oldest one known to man. He looks like Santa Claus. Yeah. Yes. He looks like he's literally in like a Disney Santa movie where like he's secretly Santa, but he works at the post office or something. Yeah. And everyone, like, doesn't get that he's Santa, even though he looks exactly like him and delivers mail. (laughs) (sighs) Miracle on 34th Street, yeah. I want, oh my God, yeah. You know what? Okay, by the way, Lifetime is doing, like, 30 uh, Christmas movies or holiday movies, and I made a sort of loose plan to watch all of them. Whoa. This is great. This is great. In what time span? Um, I kind of was thinking as they air because they're okay. they're going to be airing them all leading up to Christmas, but it starts kind of soon, and that's the part that stresses me out a little bit. Uh-huh. But um, I, I was thinking like I need like things that make me feel joy and yeah. like give me a sense of purpose. Yeah, and that's my plan is to watch all of those. And I also had a plan to possibly get a Halloween tree in my house that's oh, like orange or Lauren. black. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> my favorite part about this is you said it like it was fully normal and that you weren't gonna get any any like talk back on it i'm getting a halloween tree it's gonna be orange or black. I'm getting a halloween tree. anyway so the accolades of the film <laughs> look i had this idea last night and i was on instagram and i was looking at random vintage things on some account and they had these Halloween ornaments and I was like, well, that's fun, but I wouldn't really want Halloween ornaments on my Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I guess I need a Halloween tree. And then you search the hashtag on Instagram and there's a lot of them right now. You know, they're really Pinterest people. Like, you know, it's like those types who are making these and I could be one. I'm not against it, but it's like the type of, you know, yeah, it's like if I had six kids and I was like, every day's a holiday. Like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm kind of into it. So I might get, I might start doing that as a thing. Wow, it really is. Wow, 20, 29,000 posts in Halloween tree. Thank you. That's so fun. Most of these are just Christmas trees with Halloween ornaments. <laughs> that is the big problem. I Googled this though. Oh. And there are orange trees. Oh, yeah. Are you going to get a fake oh, one? Yeah. Yeah, like a fake tree that's orange. It's like tinsel. <laughs> I'm and here for seven it. feet tall. Wow, and seven feet tall. Wow. 
But then I got to buy all the ornaments. But see, this is the kind of thing I like traditions. And so I feel like I would like to take that out every year and put that up. That seems really fun to me. This is funny because my mom used to have like trees and decoration for every single holiday. And I always was like, when does it happen? And I'm seeing it happen (laughs) with you right now. Oh, my God. Like what point in your life? Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, it's like, I can't wait till you have like tubs that you take out. And you're like, it's oh, Halloween time. I have tubs. I've had tubs for years. <laughs> I have a Halloween tub. I have an Easter tub. I have a Christmas tub. This is wow. just like next level. Like you don't understand. Like I love, I love holidays and I always decorate for holidays. But but I kind of I haven't bought anything new in like a really long time. I have like mm-hmm, all these mm-hmm. old decorations. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I can buy new decorations. And that's like a hobby. And that's fun. Have you talked about this before? Do you have a favorite holiday? Um, We've never talked about this. I I think Christmas for sure, but Halloween's a close second. Look, I already named it, but Easter's on the list. Like, I mean, (laughs) I can get behind a Thanksgiving decoration, some harvest tableware. (laughs) I'm not opposed. I love it. I just found so many orange Christmas trees. (laughs) Right? That they're not that bad, like $150? No, it's not bad. And I mean, that's you're going to have it for the next 50 years. Yeah, you can have it for forever. <laughs> I'm here for this. I can't wait to see your Halloween tree. Okay, I'm definitely doing it now that I said it. <laughs> this was literally decided last night. I was like, I think I want to do this. And then it started filling me with endorphins, and I was like, yes. <laughs> You've manifested it. I love it. Do you do either of you care about holidays like decorating at all or no? Christmas only. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a holiday gal. Uh I don't like decorating. And <laughs> John will get very angry with me. He likes to put up like a giant spider web and a spider yes. for like Halloween. He loves getting candy for the trick-or-treaters. Although I did enjoy the trick-or-treaters this year. One of them walked into my house and looked around and said, I like it here. And I was like, you have to leave. You can't live here. You tiny little bag of bones. You have to go. Wow. That's a confident child. (laughs) I've never lived somewhere where I get trick-or-treaters. Like, I think my house last year got like a couple, but then I just put out a bowl of candy and they took that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I was about to be like, maybe put... A note on your door that's like, trick-or-treaters, come on over. But I was like, that is a trap. Like, <laughs> well, I realized, no, I realized that I have um, I have a welcome mat that says go away as like uh, a joke. Uh, and I was gotcha. like, oh, maybe they thought I was scary or something. Mm, maybe. maybe I would think that if I was a little kid. But yeah. This year, replace it with like a little pumpkin mat. And then maybe, well, this year, I don't know. Uh, do you really want little Corona trick-or-treaters? Yeah, it's optimistic. <laughs> we're not, we're, I think it's canceled. I saw it on the LA Times. Halloween is a no-go, but I I think the next level of my decorations though is buying different mats. That's like really next level. If I have a if I have a Halloween welcome mat Mm -hmm, that I put out, and then mm -hmm. I have a Christmas mat, my mother did. Look, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility, and I think it's very sweet. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now I'm gonna have to get a storage unit. I would love if you had a storage unit that you drove to to go get your decorations. <laughs> like, that is fully next level. Uh, I could see this so clearly. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just love it. Should we read a little bit of trivia? Yes. Oh, and by the way, well, let's say that the film was nominated for three Academy Awards, um, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing, and Benedict Cumberbatch won the Britannia Awards British of the Year Award. 
And Ian McKellen won the Central Ohio Film Critics Association Award for Best Supporting Actor. That seems really niche. It's now, a very niche uh, <gasps> award show. He's like, I won an award in Ohio. Like, that for that movie? Does he it's know like a huge that he movie. Did? Yeah. That's yeah, that's a good wild. question. I hope he, like, loves that statue and that's the one he's the most proud of. Aww. Oh, that would be sweet. So Stephen Colbert did have a small cameo. I missed it. He was he plays the eye patch wearing spy uh, Lakewood spy who knocks on the door with a walking stick. Mm-hmm. Now I can see that it's but him. But it doesn't look like him. It's no. just the no glasses, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. it. Honestly, his glasses are so defining. Um the only time Legoland blinks is when he realizes he's been wounded and then and when Thranduil beheads the orc he's interrogating. He never oh. blinks. Did not clock that. That's something I would Never have known. Yeah. It's in keeping with the character and how he was written. In the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, the only time he blinks is when strongly surprised. Oh, well. That must have been annoying. Do you think that's because that's the only time J.R. Tolkien mentioned it? Or just, or like, there's some point, point that I've missed where he was like, this elf never blinks. <laughs> I, it's honestly probably just Tolkien noting it. They're like, so that means he doesn't blink. <laughs> yeah. Or he, or he wrote, he blinks for the first time ever because he was strongly surprised. <laughs> also, his contacts were so insane. Yeah. I was like, you didn't have no AccuView? These look <laughs> wild. I, they just didn't look real. I was like, I had blue contacts that looked more realistic than those. <laughs> Which is like saying a lot because they didn't look realistic. The insult Thorin screams in Dwarfish at Thanderdal in Kuzuld. <laughs> oh, no. Translates roughly as, oh my God, I dumped my feces on your head? Wow. Okay. That's rude. Oh, I actually was going to ask about the fish, if they were real. Okay. The fish that were dumped in the barrels to hide Bilbo and the dwarves were actually real fish with a few rubber props mixed in. And at one point, Adam Brown, who plays Ori, that's Jimmy Fowley, had 400 pounds of fish dumped directly (laughs) on top of him, made even worse by the fact that Brown suffers from ichthyophobia, which is a phobia of fish. I'm sorry. Fuck off with that. Don't make him get dumped yeah. on then. That's like one thing. Like acting is nice and good and like an imaginary job that we're all lucky <laughs> to be able to do. Yes. But like you cannot, you could shoot that scene without dumping 400 pounds of fish on a person. Yeah. You 400 can, is a ton. That's too much. Everything's CGI already. I had to get real fish thrown in my face in the wrong Missy. Did you? Was it's that true. a real fish? It was because they were supposed to have fake fish, but then they didn't get it in time. What? And so they literally chopped real fish. And then he, the prop guy was like soaking it in lemons to try to make it not smell oh bad. Oh, gosh. And I had fish bones in my hair and like all, it was so gross. But then they also CGI'd in like some fins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like they looked more. They could have done more, that for the whole thing. It always makes you Did wonder. they give you like time to prepare or was it day <laughs> of? They're like, we didn't, we only have real fish soaked in lemons that's going to hit you in the face. <laughs> he told me the day before, but I thought he was kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> and I also thought they, when I, when he, when he, when I understood that it was real, I was like, oh, he'll get it by tomorrow. Like it'll mm-hmm. come in time and this will oh, be worked out. Damn. And then I just had to do it, you know, but that is the thing. It's like, so this guy, it's way worse for him. He's yeah. terrified of fish. Yes. And there, he's getting 400 pounds dumped on him. And he's in a barrel. Mm-hmm. And also literally there's like a hundred elves, like just, or hobbits or whatever. Like just yes. put another person in there. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Mm. You didn't get real spiders. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they could find spiders that big. <laughs> 
They put them under a microscope. Where, where are they going to get them from? <laughs> I would love to meet the bug wrangler who has giant spiders that are bigger than humans. He's like, meet Carl. He's nice if you feed him people. Yeah, like, the bug wranglers are the most interesting people I think I've ever met. Oh, my God. Um, most of the women who come out to see Biblo and the dwarves leave Lake Town for Igor. They're actually tall male crew members. They're dressed up as women so they could give proper scale of humans to dwarves and Biblo. You couldn't find no any women? Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like the only, like we had women who were dressed as men to be in the army. Mm-hmm. And they have men dressed as women to play women because they should be tall. It's... Uh... It's a very fascinating bunch of choices. Yes. So Peter Jackson has made a cameo in all the Middle Earth movies to date. And in The Desolation of Smaug, you can spot him at the beginning of the film reprising his fellowship carrot chomping role. Mm-hmm. As the camera sweeps through the town of Bree, <laughs> Jackson walks across the shot, turns to camera, and takes a bite of a carrot. If you've ever wondered why a carrot, sure, I'm wondering right now, he was supposed to be smoking a pipe in the original fellowship cameo, but on the day he was filming, he felt a little sick. So he picked up a carrot instead. Now, this is the improv I'm talking about. Nothing has been planned. He literally goes, <laughs> I don't feel great. Give me a carrot. Yes. Like, K. so wild. No rules. It's <laughs> like you made a shot list. Just pick up the fucking pipe. The Desolation of Smaug <laughs> is the only movie in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth series that does not feature Frodo, Gollum, or L. Ron Hubbard, which means that Gandhi is the only character in Ian McKellen is the only actor to appear in every single Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films. Wow. I have to go back to that carrot thing because I'm like, okay, you (laughs) felt a little sick, so you refused to pick up a pipe, and your actor is terrified of fish, and he was like, dump it on him. him. I don't know how I feel about that. Good point. Rude. Mm Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch suggested writing and reading the necromancer's black speech backwards and then having the editors reverse the recording to make it sound demonic and unholy. You know, that's one of those ideas that like nobody ever had to repeat. He suggested it. It didn't, it didn't happen. People have bad ideas all the time. They're like, here's one thing he suggested. It's like you're adapting a book for children. Yeah. (laughs) This book is for kids. It's like he heard that Missy Elliott song one time and he was like, that, that, let's do that. <laughs> that was actually really terrifying to me. I think that would work here. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. My God. Well, what a blast, as always. Yeah, again, at, at the end of this, I'm like, you know what? I think I actually enjoyed this movie. <laughs> same, same. It's always fun, ultimately. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Karen, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, well, you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at Karen Y. Han. Uh, and I am about to be a new host on the podcast, Let's Make a Music, where we take uh, Twitter suggestions and turn them into new songs. Ooh, cool. Ooh, congrats. That's That fun. sounds cool. Um, Nicole, do we want to announce your announcement yeah. that you're the new host of Wipeout with I'm John Cena? I'm hosting Wipeout with John Cena! How <laughs> wild! I think it will be on TBS uh, in 2021 at some point. Uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. And nailed it. I mean, is nailed it coming back or you can't say or what's the story there? So the email I was sent was... We start. We were going to shoot. Then the pandemic hit. We will shoot again when it's safe and good. Sure, great. <laughs> um, I have a few things that I'm waiting for it to be safe enough, 
And I sort of feel like that just means um, another month passes and everyone's like, let's just go. Yeah, right? I, like, doesn't it yeah. just feel? That's truly what, yeah. like, because I've known about Wipeout for months and oh, they wow. were just like, I guess like waiting to be like, are we going to actually be able to shoot? Which is, you know, nice to wait till like, you know, things are possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, Lauren, I'm so curious about what you are going to mm-hmm. tell people in a month. Oh, God, I know. It could be so exciting or not. Um, <laughs> I, I have no idea. So I'm truly living, you know, my life indoors and um, just podcasting away. So my Patreon and Nicole's Patreon, mm-hmm. go subscribe and help us, you know, keep living in this time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but other than that, I don't really have anything to plug. It's really just the Patreon, I guess. So, you know. You can plug good girls because you get those residues. That is uh, true. The wrong Missy. Every stream counts. The more streams, the the more likely maybe Lauren will be in something else that you'll love. Um, hey, thanks. That's true. Same with Orange is the New Black. Every once in a while, I get some foreign residuals for Orange is the New Black, and I oh. don't understand how the system works at oh, all. me either. I don't think I get I don't, any residuals for Netflix That's stuff. the thing. Like, there'll be hmm. these random little... Oh, I wonder if it's because... I think it's a Netflix produced show. And if they licensed it out overseas to a non-Netflix thing, because Netflix doesn't, you know, stream there or something, I think then they get money to give you money. Hmm, That makes sense. What a very uh, insidery discussion. Well, you know what I love about it for everyone out there at home? It's just just another bit of proof that we don't know how we'll get paid or when. So... Yeah, Just I think little people amounts. think I'm like like telling a lie, but every time I get those residues, I'm like, oh, money. <laughs> exactly. I'm truly like, oh, thank God. Like, it's yeah. so amazing. Because I haven't worked since March. The real 2020 tenant. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Um, so we have our standard segment, the Battle of the Five Stars, where we read five-star reviews. Oh. Now... This one comes from Jakey RS, and the title of the review is We Swears on the Precious That We Loves This Podcast. Now, I'm already mad. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Because you hate uh, Gollum. <laughs> I hate Gollum. Oh. You guys are killing it. I'm loving your new season. True story. I'm not as big of an LOTR fan as Star Wars, but after listening to your latest episode, I just had a dream where I was writing on the back of someone's denim jacket with a Sharpie, crossed out the gray, and wrote the white. I woke up in a cold sweat, terrified that this dream makes me a nerd. Speaking of nerds, the students at UC Irvine back in the 60s or 70s named all their dorms after Middle Earth. You can live in Isengard and eat dinner at Pippin, named after the hobbit who likes to eat. What dorks? That's Thanks, Jakey RS. That's an interesting fact. Why would you name one dorm after a place and then one dorm after a person and not all? After I agree. Places? That's I find that just frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. <laughs> I mean, for me, who doesn't understand any of the names in this, I'd be like, I don't know. I'm going to eat out an elf and live in a fucking <laughs> boat. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here yes, with thank us. You that so was so much. fun. Thank you so much for having me on. You really did help us love it even more than you we did. could have. And we'll be back next week with the third and final installment of the Hobbit series, The Battle of the Five Armies. See you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Original.